you know, we talk so much about movement on this podcast, but for some people, the challenge isn't the next distance. It's just getting started. And my guest today can help you do just that. I'm Kelly Youngstrom, and this is Keep Yourself Well. My guest today is a personal trainer, a running coach, a five-time marathoner, including the famous Boston Marathon, a dental assistant, and a mama. Laura Sullivan is based in Saskatchewan and somehow balances all of those things while building community and motivating other people to get moving and to live a healthy lifestyle. Let's get into it. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. You're so welcome. I know you've listened to at least one episode because we have a common friend now. Um, So you'll know that I kicked the podcast off with the loaded question of how do you keep yourself well? Well, I think you probably know this, but running is basically how I keep myself well. It's my lifestyle. It's my lifeline. It's everything to me. Um, So I think that running would be the answer to that loaded question. Which is, I love, like, it's your lifeline. So mental and physical. A hundred percent. When did you start running? How did you get into running? So it's been over 10 years that I've actually got into more like half marathons and structured races. But I, growing up, I was a soccer player. So cross training was always running. And then I just really uh, started enjoying it. And then once soccer became non-competitive anymore and kind of lost my passion for it, I was able to transition over to running and really find a joy in it and the competition between myself and the challenge And also just like the pure joy of like, you can make it whatever you want it to be. Like you can make it like, I just want to be a 5k runner. I just want to run without my watch. I want to be a Boston marathoner, whatever your heart desires. So I thought that was really cool about running. Amazing. So what 10 years ago starting, did you have long-term goals of doing marathons and like eye on the prize of Boston and these bigger races, or were you just doing it for pure enjoyment? Oh gosh, no. I was like, I was one of those people. I was like, I'm never running a full marathon. That's crazy. (laughs) Not one of those people. (laughs) Yeah, that's so crazy, right? (laughs) Um, I started with the goal of a half marathon. And it was really funny because when I started, yeah, I think I did the QCM maybe 11 years ago. And it wasn't even my goal at the time. A girlfriend approached me. She's like, you know what? We should like spend the summer together training for this half marathon. We can show up and like have the best time. And like, you know, in our younger ages where I thought it was a good idea. Well, the bugger like totally ditched out and bailed. And I was like, I'm not showing up unprepared. So I went and I trained from what I knew, like good old Google back in the day is not what it was is now. So I was like, okay, well, if I just like maybe run every single day, that should make it okay. And now knowing that what I was doing was totally wrong. It's like super cool in the overall bubble to see where I started to where I am now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a great point. Everyone starts somewhere. And I think you don't need to know the perfect plan, just go and figure it out. all. And now, thank goodness, we have coaches like you who can guide us and doing the right thing. So and you're a mom now. So obviously, that's changed in the last 10 years. So how old's your daughter? She will be two in September. Okay, so I would love to know, like, in the last two to five years, even then how your response to keeping yourself well has changed because especially with motherhood, I'm sure there has been a huge shift. There definitely has been a shift, but I think that it's almost like gone up in value of like becoming a mother that your wellness and your health is so much more important. And because running is such a key factor in my life, if I'm not able to show up and do that, I'm not able to show up and be my best self for my family. So I think it's actually become a little bit more important. And 
I think I've really found the true value of when people say it takes a village because <laughs> people, um, mostly like very close family, like my mom, my in-laws, they understand how important running is to me and my hubby as well. Is that like, okay, if this girl doesn't get her training plan in for this week, she is grouchy. So, <laughs> uh, they know that we're going to make this happen. We carve out whatever we need. Um, and we're just a little bit more like strict with our, um, our deadlines and our guidelines and and we just kind of help out when we can. Good for you. I feel like that is so important. And by saying that you're giving other mothers and fathers to permission to take that time. You know, like it's easy, I think, to say fill your own cup so that you can fill everyone else's. And if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of everyone else. Like we need those examples of people doing it. And also I think, you know, it's a blessed position. Not everyone, of course, has that village to fall back on. But I think we have this sense of needing to do it all as women and not accepting that help and support. Sometimes I think there's a level of guilt, like I work with a lot of mothers. And so taking that support of like, go get your run in and, you know, grandma, grandpa can look after whoever for a little while so you can do that. So I think that's amazing that you acknowledge that. Did you run all through your pregnancy? I did. I ran up to 35 weeks and I delivered at 38. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough for that, but I still just like had that value instilled in me. Like I'm going to use running, um, in my lifestyle to just keep going. And it wasn't like at a time where I needed to be competitive, but, um, looking back now, it was actually a really magical moment that I shared with my daughter. Well, pregnant that like we went on 5k runs together and she inspired me in a way that she didn't even know she was doing and like I don't know it's a nice little bond that I feel like I created and like don't get me wrong like if people can't watch my baby while I need to go run girlfriend is getting in that stroller and coming along like she is such a trooper so (laughs) it's just like you you do what you can right Well, and that's the thing, like, it doesn't need to be perfect if you need to pause and, you know, maybe it's not your fastest run when you've got the stroller. I have a little nephew now. And the first time that I took him out in the running stroller, I was shocked at how challenging it was with upper body. I'm like, man, these moms are out here. Well, I'm <laughs> killing it with the run stroller. Um, That's amazing. Do you work with a lot of women like as they're going through pregnancy and postpartum in their running journey I've worked with a couple running clients um more so like after baby to be able to build back up and get back to like your running shape just because it is so important you know to take care of that pelvic floor and kind of return to running safely um I haven't dealt with too many people pregnant as like I kind of just say like listen to your body and do what you can when you're pregnant like it's it's sometimes so challenging. (laughs) Well, and everybody's physician recommendations are different. Everyone's needs are different. I remember when I was in high school, I had a principal whose sister was a marathon runner and she was running marathon distances like very frequently. And the recommendation from the doctor was to continue running distance because that's what your body's used to. And to stop that would be more stressful for her body than to continue running. So yeah, I think she actually even ran a marathon pregnant, which is not that this is medical advice in any way, shape or form. Everybody's body is different, but that memory of hearing that story stands out in my mind. Cause I'm just like in awe of what female bodies are capable of. It's so inspiring. And even now in the industry too, there's so many more women like testing that of like, there was, I don't know. I think she was, 20 some weeks pregnant and she qualified for the Olympic trials. Like, yeah, like there's just so many women putting it to the test now. And those people I just put on a pedestal. I'm like, okay, I ran like 5k a couple of times. Like, you know, my farthest distance I did, um, 10, 10 to 15 K basically pregnant. I stayed low mileage, but I was so, so sick during pregnancy. So it was almost like my time of freedom of just like, I never felt sick. And I was like, finally in my Zen. Yeah. Well, and if you're sick and not holding on to nourishment in the same way, and you know, there's just so 
many variables. And thinking how far we've come as women and for women in running and racing, because there was a time not that long ago where women were not even quote unquote, allowed to run marathons, nor did society believe that they could, women could physiologically safely run marathons. Do you know the date? And I don't know that lady's name that like snuck her way into the marathon, but I love that story so much. Oh my gosh. I actually, okay. You, you asked me if I listened to podcasts and, um, there, she was just interviewed by run as you are, um, first woman to run Boston. She is so badass, and she's like, she's still going. Roberta Gibb, and she ran the entire race in 1966. And she's like snuck in dressed as a man <laughs> because, yeah. yeah, men told us that women would die. I think if we ran a marathon, God forbid. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? And yeah, like she's just so badass, and she ran the Boston Marathon of all because Boston Marathon is kind of like. Um, the king of marathons. That's where the distance was originated. It's the oldest marathon. It's like nostalgic to get in. It's one of the hardest ones. It's all by time to get in. Um, So yeah, like she's truly leading the way for women in running. Get ready to savor the flavors of summer with a guilt-free indulgence at Sweet and Sprouted. Their irresistible selection of sugar-free delights will make your taste buds dance with joy while keeping you on track with your sugar-free and low-carb lifestyle. Quench your thirst and stay refreshed on a hot day with their luscious smoothies, indulgent decadent desserts that are not only delicious, but also free from added sugar. Say goodbye to cravings with easy on point summer snacking. Lazy summer days also call for convenience and Sweet and Sprouted has you covered. Explore their wide range of keto-friendly snacks and bevies that will keep you energized and satisfied while you're on the go. Visit sweetensprouted.com today and use promo code wellness10 to enjoy a sweet 10% discount on your order. Visit sweetensprouted.com today and use promo code wellness10. Plus, take advantage of free shipping on orders over $150. Now that's what we call a sweet deal. Can't wait to taste the sweetness in person? Visit their store in Saskatoon and let their amazing staff help you find the perfect summer treats. That is so cool and amazing that she's still doing podcast. K. I'm going to have to find that and listen. That is- <laughs> yeah. Or maybe you just like reach out and, and interview yeah, her. <laughs> yes. Oh, go big. Okay. Roberta, we got to get you on the podcast. Um, okay. So when in your run journey, did you lean into like the personal training and coaching side of things? Um, so right after high school, I went and did personal training my certificate in Calgary. Uh, it was kind of like, it was at Mount Royal, which was a college at the time, but now it's a university. It was a one-year program that I was able to do. And then I was able to move on and get my diploma through Nate in Edmonton. And that's kind of where I found, like, I've always had the love for fitness. So then I went into the fitness industry. Um, when I came back from Calgary, I lived in Regina again, did a couple jobs here and there. And then I realized, okay, maybe I want something to supplement with my fitness. So I went and got my, um, my certificate for dental assisting. So then I was able to do dental assisting and fitness. Um, so I think that was like also the time too, where I realized like the fitness industry is so big where I was dealing with people like weight loss clients, where I felt the passion, but I didn't feel the passion when I run, when I talk to runners or I can dial into specific goals of running. Um, so I just didn't really realize being young and naive that there were certain niches to really break into. And so as I've grown and evolved and like 20 million jobs later, I've kind of found like my passion and my niche of like how I can fill my cup and help others. I think that's amazing. And too, because I think, well, sometimes when you make your passion your job people end up feeling differently about it and I think there's something to be said about not having the pressure necessarily of all of your income and that like full familial support coming from coaching and you can lean into it as you like so I think that's very cool because I want to talk a little bit about dental health or oral health I should say because it's such a big part of health we had an an audiologist on the 
podcast recently. And I just think it's one of those things that we're like, you know, full body health, we often overlook. So I want to know as a coach and also personally, like with all the things that you're doing, what keeps you motivated or inspired or dedicated or whatever word you use for yourself on days that you just don't want to, because I mean, maybe you're superhuman, but I know that for me, like most days, and I say this as positively as possible, most days, like when it comes time to run, I don't really want to like run in that second, but I know I'm going to feel good after. And then you just do it because it's part of it. But I think like that is such a barrier for people when they don't have that proof of concept yet of like, you always know how good you're going to feel as soon as you get moving. So how do you get yourself up and going when you've got all things running a household and working a job and coaching and everything else? Um, I think it just more so comes to down to like showing up for yourself and really dialing into showing up for yourself of it doesn't have to be perfect every day. Like there's some days that I don't want to run and I, and I still run and I still feel like I didn't want to run afterwards and that's okay. Um, but the biggest thing is I think too, is that we are kind of chasing a feeling. We know that like it's like when you relate back to a comfort food or a comfort in any way, it's like, I have that comfort in knowing what I feel after I've run or what I feel once I accomplish a goal. And this is my journey to my goal. Um, so it's just being present and showing up for yourself. And I think, I kind of think when I don't want to do something or don't want to show up, I think of the long-term goal of like where I want to be and is this a step that's going to get me in that right direction? So I feel like more inspired to keep moving and keep showing up. Yeah. Do you have any tips or tricks that you use on the days that you don't want to run? Like, do you do a certain playlist or podcast or run in a certain area or get like a running partner? Because I know you often run with friends. Do you find like on the days you don't want to, you prefer to be with a group or what motivates you the most? Um, I prefer to go by myself on the days that I don't want to because of the, the fear, like the most factor of at the end of the day, it's you versus you. And I need to prove it to myself. I don't need to prove it to anybody else. So I do like to go by myself. I like to throw in a good podcast or sorry, a good um, playlist. I like music over podcasts when I'm running and I like to kind of go to like my favorite spots. So I hit usually like the bike path. I'll make it like kind of like a routine and I'll create that comfort feeling. And then even during it, if I'm like, well, man, this is terrible. I'm like not doing what I want to do. Like, this is fine. Um, I just kind of pull back and I'm like, Hey, like this is a step in the right direction and you are going to like reach the goals you want one day. And it may not be right now. Good for you. Do you think that having like races scheduled is a good motivator for that. Like it gives you that accountability of knowing that you've got something going, because I think some people, when we talk about running, feel like you can't just run for leisure. Like you have to have a goal or a race, or you have to keep pushing. Like you can't just get up and go based on how you feel. And I think that it probably varies person to person. Like for some people having that accountability of a race looming maybe is helpful. Do you find that's the case for you? Personally, yes. Like I like to have that race and it's truly just because the races are what fuel my soul. Like those are my pride and I love them and I love every second of them. So it's like my excitement. But when I'm working like one-on-one with uh, clients, I really try to dial in and find their excitement because sometimes racing really isn't for everybody. And if they are kind of just more that leisurely runner and want to stay in shape, I'm kind of more using it as a, an opportunity to educate them on like, okay, well, what are you looking for when you're listening to your body? Or, you know, here's a skeleton plan. Um, try to follow it as much as you can. And when I've broken down into run culture, I've really kind of made it a lifestyle factor because when I broke into running, I had no idea what like people were talking about. I had no idea what paces were like. I had no idea. Um, 
that you were supposed to run a negative split or that this was this and all these kind of things. Like I had no idea. I was so naive about it. And so I always just like really focus into with my clients, like, okay, yeah, if you, this is like a leisurely goal you want and you literally just want to have like more life or more energy to hang out with your grandkids or friends and family, then that's what we're going to work towards because racing isn't for everyone. But for me, it's everything. I love that. Well, and I do think there's so much like for me, I've always said, you know, the physical benefits amazing, but I have loved running for like the mental discipline of that's why I started running probably uh, originally was and and not that I'm a runner, like in any shape or form in comparison, but are <laughs> all things, you know, but just I and I mean, that's a great point, too, because I think that there is a lot of like identification in running and I which this is so not me as a coach, but I used to do this. I used to be like, I'm not a runner. I'm not a runner. I'm not a runner. Well, of course, if you tell yourself you're not something for your whole life, you're not going to become that. And then COVID, which I think it had this effect on many people, which was a potential benefit um, or whatever, silver lining at, at least all the gyms were closed. People didn't have access to anything. You could get outside and run. And so that was how I actually started running consistently. You know, I'd run like on and off throughout the years, but never consistently is I just started running with COVID because there was nothing else to do. And I'm like, I'm going to exercise every day. Like my mental health for sure depends on it. Like I am not my best me if I'm not moving every day. And so that's how I started running. And for me, not having the option of races at that time, because nothing was happening with COVID, I think was actually a benefit because I make everything super competitive. And sometimes it sucks the fun out of it because I take it a little too seriously. So I think it was a good balance. Feel the freedom in the air as summer takes hold and get ready to embrace the energy of the season. Supplement World Canada is here to be your trusted companion on the journey to optimal health and nutrition. No matter if you're lounging on the beach, hitting the gym, or hiking in the great outdoors, Supplement World Canada has your back. Discover their extensive range of premium supplements designed to power you through the summer days. Recharge and recover with refreshing protein shakes expertly crafted to replenish your muscles and support your active lifestyle. At Supplement World Canada, they believe in the power of quality nutrition to make a real difference in your life. That's why they offer only the best handpicked supplements that meet rigorous standards of excellence. Visit supplementworldcanada.com today and use the exclusive promo code wellness10 to enjoy a 10% discount on your next order. Fuel your body, energize your spirit, and make this season one to remember. Don't miss out on this offer. Use promo code wellness10 for 10% off at supplementworldcanada.com. What was running during COVID like for you when you didn't have in-person races? Because do you thrive off of the energy of the in-person environment? Like there were virtual races, but that's you against you in the biggest sense. What was that experience for you? I think, uh, yeah, COVID was actually a breakthrough for the running community, um, to be honest. And COVID for me was actually where I brought in coaching um, because it was an opportunity for me to, you know, so many people started running during COVID and they had questions and it was like, oh, well, let me help you. And then virtual runs became a thing. So then I started planning virtual runs and then I created programs for people to do before the virtual runs to help them train for it. And then I'm like, I really love this. Like, you know, so I think that's where run culture came was through COVID. Wow. I love that. Like silver lining. And it just shows like how adaptive we can be. Yeah. I did a couple virtual runs, but I think I just prefer running on my own. I don't know. Maybe one day. Well, we have a common uh, Benson I was talking to who you're coaching, who was a client, a keto client of mine. And he like put the little bug of the half marathon in my ear. I'm like, don't do this. Cause you know, I can't say no. <laughs> so like, you know, I can't say no. But I've never done any, actually, this is perfect timing. Someone messaged me on Instagram recently and was like, you know, I've been posting about my runs. Would you consider doing a run program? I'm like, I am in no way, shape or form qualified to tell anyone else what to do when it comes to running personal training, nutrition, absolutely running. No. And so here, here we are to grace everyone with your presence for when they need the true professional, but I've never done any like training or run 
programming or anything. I just wing it. And for, for now I've enjoyed that and it's been fun and I'm whatever making some type of progress, but you mentioned something that I've never even heard of and that is negative split. So tell me, what does that mean? And I know this is very general, but for someone, let's say training for like a half marathon, is there a loose kind of recommendation that you have? Like how frequently should people run? What type of distance should they be working up to? If you can give loose recommendations. Absolutely. You'll actually be surprised how much running and like personal training kind of like correlate in that like big fitness world bubble, as in we work kind of in like four week cycles, um, as similar to like kind of a training cycle in the gym, working in that like one month is kind of where you're going to see that adaptation. So three to six weeks, you're going to see that adaptation in between your runnings. Uh, or you're like run, building up your run endurance, all that kind of stuff. Um, basically in a cycle in that four weeks, you're going to build for the first three weeks, and then you're going to kind of degress for that last week so that you're able to adapt and bring in all that training. So you kind of build up your endurance, build up that mileage, you know, really challenge yourself for kind of three weeks and then dial it back for one week and then enter into your next cycle. You can also go like a one, one week, one week, like a one week hard, and then like a one week recovery, one week hard, um, just depending on how your body really kind of adapts like metabolism wise, or if you're a little bit slower, if you're prone to injury, or if you're kind of, you know, nursing an injury, that kind of thing. Um, so it actually crosses over into the fitness personal training world, which is kind of why I can put all my loves together with the running and the personal training and the strength, because it all really comes together. Um, the support yeah. to a personal train, like resistance training with running to prevent injury and, you know, strengthen and everything else as well. Yeah. Cause you know how important it is to be able to balance both. Like I would never be like, just run, 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 because you're not going to have any muscle power to be able to run. If you don't cross train with resistance training, all that kind of things. So they really do cross paths a ton of time. Um, I love Benson. I love that you brought him up because he's so funny. Like he's ran a couple half marathons, never trained. And then he recently went on a trip and he messages me. He's like, I don't know what you've done to me or who I've become, but I packed my runners. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I know it's, so good right like he's like oh, I don't know <laughs> so I, I think he's going to be very successful in this half marathon and I'm really excited to be like along his journey with him seeing him like in his awesome. glory yeah. I love that too because one of uh one of the reasons I love running is that like most people can run obviously injuries like health issues there's some caveats to that but I think most people can run and all you need is a pair of shoes and you can do it anywhere. So like I'm getting ready to travel next week. I'm not taking jujitsu gear. Like I'm not worried really about finding a gym or anything. I will make sure I have runners with me. And I think traveling, it's one of the most beautiful ways to explore new cities. I love running in new places. And it's like my favorite thing, you know, you find whatever, like, and just Google like best place to run in whatever city and there'll be like a park or somewhere new that you can explore. And I think there's just something very cool about like where your body can take you on foot. So I think the barriers to entry of running are like one of the, the best parts, you know, like I just started investing in good running shoes too. Like I was running in Reeboks that weren't designed for running, but Chris, who we also have in common, who was uh, for anyone listening, our ultra marathoner that we had on the podcast, he inspired me to get some better shoes. Um, so talking about like, obviously extreme marathons, what is your longest distance? Have you done, are you getting into the extreme, extreme ultra situations? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I laugh because like never say never. I was that person that said never run a marathon. Um, but Chris, he knows his shoes so well. And it's really fun. Chris and I are, well, Chris is an ultra marathoner. He's crazy. He just ran 144 kilometers in a 24 hour race. Um, not too long ago. Yeah. So we're tackling a ultra marathon together, which is 50 K the Grizzly ultra marathon in October in Canmore. Um, but we're 
we're being a team. So he's laughing because we're sharing an ultra and I'm like, Oh, thank God. I don't have to do the whole distance myself. <laughs> um, so I think it's best of both worlds out. Like we're coming together. Shoes are a huge thing. And that's just one thing I've learned as well. When I relate back to my first marathon, I trained in the same shoe all the whole training cycle. I ran the race day in the shoe and I looked at that shoe that like recently it was a trail shoe. I ran a trail shoe for the whole time. Like, I'm just like mindful. But again, it's like, this is how you just start. And I think too, like now there is so much education. Sometimes it can almost be overwhelming where it's like, you feel like you got to have the perfect shoe or you got to spend like $300 on a shoe or like you need a pro, you know, just start where you are and then you can slowly level up. Yeah. Chris told me I needed to be rotating my shoes and I have I know it. I just haven't implemented it yet. It will come. It will come. You know, what? I just need to go shopping because I, what, what, what's your favorite shoes? I feel like I saw you wear Nikes. I recently did just pick up some Nikes. I have been playing around with a ton of different shoes. I recently was an ambassador for on running. So I was kind of tied down to on shoes for years and years. And it was perfect because, um, I fell in love with them and I, I trained in them for so long. And then I had the opportunity to become an ambassador. I spent three years with them and I really loved that. But now I couldn't believe like the freedom that I have to be able to try. Like I just bought myself a pair of Asics. I bought myself some Nikes. I bought myself all these things. But now I've, and I've just got some new balances. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel what everyone else feels. Like, I don't know what I like about this and what I do with this. So I, I find that I'm like almost just researching, using myself as like a test yeah. a test or a guinea pig or whatever seeing like you know really how I can recommend to you okay um this shoe is a little bit wider this shoe is this I, I really can nerd out with um with Chris we can talk for a whole Lunches. long run about he shoes. told me he has it's 17 like, pairs <laughs> oh gosh you don't even want to see my closet it's it's bad <laughs> I love but it I wanted to relate back to like the kind of comment that you had mentioned of like how running actually can be so simple it really is just one foot in front of the other and traveling and running is the most beautiful thing. And I always take a pair of runners. And then when we go places, I know the area the most because I've gone and I've adventured and I've seen the things and I've broken the cultures. So I thought it was really cool. And then I never got to answer your question about negative splits mm-hmm. um, because with all my uh, talking about training cycles with the negative split, it's basically if you were to run like a half marathon, you would run the second portion faster. So you're able to pace yourself at a maintenance pace and then pick up your pace to finish off the race faster in a negative split. Interesting. Okay. I'm like, so uh, you're now inspiring me where I'm going to become obsessed with this because right now when I, because this has been my enjoying of running, because again, I'm like, know how competitive and weird that I get I've like not wanted to take it too far I just get up and go and it's like you know what it's slowly my time improves without like really trying I don't have a like today I'm trying to go faster the only thing I manipulate really is distance I just get up and go and it's like whatever feels good that day is the speed and pace that it is and I'm not thinking about stress like there's so much more that I could be doing but again, I'm like, it's fun, you know? So, okay, well, maybe. That's the perfect mindset. And honestly, if yeah. you go into that, like a race with that, that mindset and you get to actually like embrace the community. So I did run the Boston Marathon. And when I went, I wanted to just enjoy it. I purely, like, I didn't want to put my head down at any moment. I wanted to run to every video camera. I wanted to high five people. There's this thing called the screen tunnel. It's just by the university and everybody wants to make out with you. And I'm like, do I do it? Like, do I, I don't know, should I, or whatever. But I was like, I'm just going to like enjoy it. And if it happens, it happens, whatever. So I'm like running the Boston marathon and I, my face hurt from smiling afterwards. I talked to like every single person I crossed paths with. I like high fived whoever I could. I didn't make out with anybody at the screen tunnel, but there's like all these like screaming girls and they're like, kiss me I'm vegan um kiss me I use tongue like all these like hilarious <laughs> things and it was just like so funny and the way the Boston Marathon works is it like starts from one area and then like winds down to downtown Boston so you're like in the state of Massachusetts like really far in in Hopkins like 
in this little like hillbilly place and you start the marathon and you, it's like the first couple of people you see, they got the red solo cups, the camo gear, they're like cheersing you. It's a, it's a national holiday. So it's like um, marathon day, Patriots day. And so not know that. Yeah. So it's marathon Monday and I'm like, okay, like the hype is here. And like, yeah, so there's so many TV cameras out there. There's thousands and thousands of people. And then you start running through all these different communities. And then like, that's the cool thing about running, right. Is like, you get to adventure. So then you're kind of like seeing like the progression that you take. And then you get to like, get go closer to downtown Boston. And then like, you know, you start to see the buildings, the architecture, you're, you're focusing on this. And then you hit Heartbreak Hill and you hit, like, you see all these different communities coming together in different spots and, and families that are putting out their pancake breakfast for you to stop in. And like, it's just wild. Oh, it's so good. Oh. So, yeah, I think like, that's what it's just like, you need to go in with those mindsets of like, I'm just going to enjoy this race or like, I'm going to go to this race to get a certain time. Like you kind of just got to, you know, pick your mindset and then go with it. Yeah. Well, and again, like different for each individual and each individual in their journey where they are on their run journey. So that said, um, like for someone who just wants to get started, like what is your suggestion for, where do people start? Like, do you think anyone can truly run? Like I always hear that running's for everyone. What is your advice when someone's like, I've never run, I'm not a runner. I want to start. I truly believe that everybody is a runner in some sort of format. Um, like if you're a run walker, if you're a walker, but sometimes run, you're still a runner and you can still like embrace that and be a part of it. Um, so like never put a label on yourself. And my biggest advice literally is just put one foot in front of the other because we overthink so many things. It's like, it's like, okay, I want to run 5k. You're not going to go out tomorrow and run 5k. Why don't you just go out Forget about the fancy app you need. Forget about anything crazy you need. Put on your trail shoes. I don't care. <laughs> Go for five minutes. You know, maybe maybe that's all you got in you. But just don't give up. And I think like that's where people just get um, nervous or like I can't do that, or they're just able to you know talk themselves out of it or make like an excuse so quickly. And I think if people really were to dial in and just be like, oh, running really isn't like one set way you can make it into whatever you want it to be um i think they'll find the value in that and just realize how simple it is just to put one foot in front of the other summer is in full swing but don't let dehydration ruin your fun stay refreshed and rehydrated with element the ultimate electrolyte drink that will keep you going strong all summer long when the sun is scorching and you're out and about, you need more than just water to stay properly hydrated. You need essential electrolytes like sodium, potassium, and magnesium to replenish what you lose through sweat and keep your body performing at its best. That's where Element comes in. Element goes beyond the basics. With the perfect ratio of electrolytes backed by scientific research, it delivers superior hydration that's perfect to keep you going through your summer activities. Whether you're hitting the beach, going for a run, or firing up the grill, Element is your secret weapon to beat the summer heat and stay at the top of your game. Say goodbye to sugary sports drinks. Element offers a clean and refreshing alternative free from unnecessary additives and artificial sweeteners. Visit my website, kywellness.ca and click on the Element link under products to discover the power of Element for yourself. With any purchase, you'll receive a free sample pack to try and experience the revitalizing effects firsthand. It's time to revitalize your summer with Element. Embrace the heat of summer with confidence, knowing that you have the perfect hydration companion by your side, and let's get salty. I think there's so much mindfulness in it too, of like learning when to push and when you actually need to rest and listen to your body, right. Versus like, you know, your mind wants to stop maybe because it's hard and uncomfortable, but do you really need a break? Like that's something that I've had to learn yesterday. I went to go out for a run, like a 5k, which is quick and easy for me. 
probably 200 meters in, I was like, my ankle is telling me no. And I'm like, okay, but is it like, I just want to stop or am I actually worried of injury? I'm like, no, I actually am worried. Cause I just went, we did like a silly long hike on the weekend. And so just used some muscles and everything else that I'm not used to. And I'm like, you know what? Now is not the time to push. I'm traveling next week. Like the last thing I would want to do is hurt myself. No problem. I'd way rather rest now and be able to run next week when I don't have access to a gym, et cetera. So I think that the mindfulness component that you can develop with running is so huge. What do you feel like the role of like mindset and mindfulness play in someone's ability to succeed in running, especially I feel like with distance, like I think so much of it is mental as it is physical. Do you put a big emphasis on the mindfulness portion with your clients as well as yourself? A hundred percent. I think like the mindfulness is the biggest thing as well. Um, because you, your mindset is everything. And I think that I have never learned so much about myself in until running came in. Like you don't know, you know, your threshold, your limits, your abilities, like what you're capable until you challenge yourself. So I think running has truly provided me, um, the introduction I needed to myself. Like when people are asking me, like, you know, how do you do this? Or like, you know, what's your favorite or whatever? I really, I don't know if I, I feel that like I spend a lot of time with myself on long runs. I can like think through a lot of things I can, um, you know, or I can turn my mind off and not think. And when you relate back to how physical and mental running is, it's the state of flow that you can get into. So running is actually very meditative and you can really find um, like a deeper inside purpose once you can get into that state of flow. Um, so I believe that like the mindfulness is huge. And if you actually bring into like meditation into your practice while training, I find that is kind of like um, a little hidden gem that some people really bypass because once I started uh, implementing like meditation and mindfulness of like visualizing more like the run in itself, I felt more powerful. So if I will have a time goal in mind, I will add in some meditation, visualizing that time goal of me crossing that line so that I know that it can become a reality. Wow. Yeah. The visualization aspect is such a great point. And I mean, I think too, like there's moving meditation, like even focusing on the breath when you're running or go, running in silence, which I've yet to embrace. But I think there's something to be said about that. For me, when I really need to zone out, I want to find a super long, straight stretch of road where I do not have to think about a turn. I'm not trying to navigate. I'm not like I need to loop at this kilometer. I literally just want to like find a highway and run in a straight line for as long as I can and then turn around and run back. And that's where I get into like a super flow state, which I love that you brought up because I think that is one of the like the biggest benefits of you know, I talked a lot about mindfulness with clients and some people don't want to journal, like they just can't sit there and, you know, zone in in that way. And I think that movement is, you know, can be so meditative if you embrace it. Do you find that you have a different approach to like the mental side of running when you're doing like a shorter distance versus a longer distance? Um, personally, not overly, like, I like to just kind of have that kind of game uh game day mentality of like I'm showing up I'm putting in the work and whatever that work is that day like I'm gonna get it done kind of thing um but I have more of like a training mental toughness compared to like a race day mental toughness those would be like my two biggest like deciphers what do you think in terms of like, generally, if someone's training for a race, how frequently should they be running? Because I feel like there's the David Goggins approach and everything can be very intense. And I think a lot of people who can gravitate towards running easily may slip into that mentality of like, okay, I'm a runner, I'm going to run every single day. What do you think frequency should be? Um, when I developed run culture, my biggest thing was three times a week. Um, now that just being said, mostly from 
a 5k to a half marathon. Um, with my half marathon, I do three times a week, but there's the option to add in four just because the mileage can be a a little bit nicer if you break it up or have some shakeout runs. Um, but I kind of dial it into that three times a week, but that doesn't mean that's the, running is the only thing you're doing. Right. It's um, with the run culture mindset that I had was more so, okay, three runs a week and three runs you're showing up for. So there's a strength run, there's a power run, there's an endurance run. And each run you're showing up, you're putting in the work, you're training hard those three times. And then overall, um, your, your body will thank you. And you aren't just dedicated to just a strict running program from Monday to Sunday. It has to be done this certain way where you can still go live your life. If somebody wants to go for a 5k run with you, that means nothing. Um, and you're going around Wascana, you don't have to be like, well, it's not in my training plan and I don't think I can do it. Like I want, um, running to be your lifestyle. So if you show up those three days hard for running, you can get in your cross training, whether you're doing, you know, orange theory or yoga or walking or weight training or whatever is still fueling your passion or cycling or anything like that, that you can still show up for that and just be a well-rounded athlete. Yeah. I think that's Perfect. What about recovery? What is your approach to recovery and nutrition, which I think is arguably not only part of the fuel, but part of the recovery as well? Holy smokes, like nutrition is game changing, like to a lot of the time too. like learning over my journey, I didn't eat anything before a run or during a run. And then I was like, Oh, these little stinger candies are really fun. Like I'll have these whenever. And now it's like, okay, before a run, I'm eating this at this certain time. And during it's like this time I'm taking in this and this and this, and like how important fuel is and how you feel after compared to like crashing and burning. And then still like, Oh, I just run a half marathon. Let me just go party on um nutrition is so game changing and it's it, it is pretty individualized like you need to kind of find like what fuel is correct for you um if you are a big car person that kind of thing um one like huge thing i kind of debunked was like that big pasta meal like the night before like i don't even like pasta and i'm like no <laughs> i'm not gonna like stuff my face the night before with something i don't like to so that it can get like a great time um so really i just kind of made running unique to me and that's like another beauty of it is that like okay I actually like I'm kind of a weirdo of like superstition I take those little smiley face french fries and I eat them before a long run and then I'm just so happy and it's just like okay I ate my smiley fries girlfriends yeah. have a great run we're going <laughs> I mean so much about that is the attitude and ritual I think there's so much ritual in running yeah. And uh, okay. then if you look at like the carb content of what a potato is compared to a pasta, you're almost like identical for carb content. So it's just like the type of carb and learning your fuel system that does fuel you is well, is and that's the thing like your nutrition, like I'm keto, so it's totally different. Um, you know, like I wouldn't change anything really for my, I am a fasted runner, whether that is you know, recommended or not, I feel way better. It's, I can't run with like anything in my system. Like I would rather just get up and go. I've done two half marathons and I did both of them totally fasted on keto. And I don't know, maybe my recovery would be slightly different, but again, just totally different fuel system. So do you work with your clients on nutrition for runs? I do a little bit. Like I have a couple of different packages. Um, I don't fully go into like a nutrition program, but like I will dial into like, you know, race day planning and like training runs and that kind of thing. Um, but like that being said about your like fasted workouts, it's like you've eaten correctly to be able to do it. It's not right. that you're literally not just like eating and you're going and you're trying to lose weight. Like, yeah, there's something about like a little bit different than like you have Yes. you're going for your run you've eaten accordingly your body's in a perfect state like you're yeah. amazing and yeah, for people like that are a, just like oh I just want to like lose weight and like not run or not yes. eat and, like, no. and a decade of eating this way where my body is so adapted to training fasted like I I I do better fasted often um what about recovery? What's your general approach on recovery, like day-to-day -day recovery, massage? Do you do cold therapy, anything like that? 
Yeah, recovery is huge. Um, and, and going back to t- like, a, you need a village in a sense of like, okay, I got a Cairo on hand, I got a physio, I got a massage, and learning your body over time of like, you know, something doesn't feel right, I got to go see my Cairo. Um, I mostly just like kind of pre plan my appointments. So I'm like, okay, well, I know, like, right. scheduled maintenance of my body, and I need to take care of my body if I want to perform. So is something that I'm doing today going to make me like a better person later or reach me in the right goals in my, or push me in the right direction to reach my goals, then I'm going to do that. So I definitely uh, take care of my body so much. I've got the leg compressions from air relax. Those really help. Um, they, they're game changing too, because they literally just flush your legs. Um, I do like uh, the Beamer technology where it's, um, energy, energy magnetic frequency. So mm-hmm. that helps as well. Um, I've done light therapy. I, I have done cold, hot showers, but I haven't done the total cold plunge. Um, toe spreaders, t- uh, tiger tails, foam rolling, any recovery tool you, you want to talk about. I've got it because, I do not want to be injured. And I think like almost that fear of being injured drives me to make sure to take care of my body. I feel like every runner that I know has had like one hard learning lesson where like you almost have to learn the hard way by overtraining or not doing enough like rehab, prehab, rehab. And then it's like, oh shoot, now I can't run at all for whatever, six weeks or beyond, and you're stuck having to take time off. And it's so frustrating sitting in that. So yeah, I actually did a podcast and I talk a lot about the, the recovery is part of the run. Like if you don't have even five minutes to stretch and foam roll at the end of the run, like it is just as important to me, like personally, because I know if I don't foam roll and stretch after a run, I'm like out of commission. So I'm like, okay, I would rather for myself again, not training for anything specific, cut five minutes off my run so that I have time (laughs) to stretch. Like if I need to, that's another thing I think is great about running too. Like different if you're maybe on a specific distance program, but like if you've only got 30 minutes in the day, I think quickly squeezing in a run where you get outside, you get vitamin D, you get the sunshine, like there's just so much benefit to it. Are you a outdoor runner in the winter? No, <laughs> no judgment. Um, no judgment. Saskatchewan, it's so terrible. I like. I'm like a. I'm a part-time fan in winter, and I like. I'm sure you talked to Chris, and he's like, "Yeah, minus fifty-five, we go in." And I'm like, "Sorry, uh, not coming." Like you know? <laughs> today, sorry. Yeah. You know what? I mentally really enjoy winter runs, but the fear of slipping like really sucks the fun out of it. So I think it's a balance because it is like, it's a safety hazard as well. I think Wascana, they do a good job. I'm sure of like the trails traveled enough that around there and same within Saskatoon, like by the river, but yeah, I went through again during COVID before I had a treadmill at my house, I did run pretty seasonally like outside. It was like my, I did a half marathon. It was like minus 26 on new year's Eve. But again, that was more of a, like me against me. It was for a mental challenge, like more than just anything else. So yeah, I commend people who went run all through the winter. We know Chris is built different than that. Yeah. <laughs> Running. I'm like a minus 15 will be okay. Yeah. Minus 20, lose my number. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, sorry, I'm not a runner. <laughs> um, do you enjoy treadmill runs? Like, do you, or yeah. Do you watch anything when you're on the treadmill? I feel like it's cheating, but like if I have to run on the treadmill, I'll watch something on Netflix. And I'm like, I could run all day zoning out to something. Always. I actually pick a show that I will only watch on the tread. So it's like, I really want to watch the show because I want to know what's happening, but I got to get my butt on the tread to watch it. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's a tip that I've given clients. That was when I was bodybuilding and just did hours on the Stairmaster. That was the like, okay, I'll look forward to it at least a little bit because it means I get to like, yeah, watch an episode of my show. Uh, the mental games that we play with each other. Okay. So with each other, with ourselves, <laughs> with aside like sharp left from uh running so you've been a dental assistant for like over a decade then a decade yes yes quick 
blanket tips on oral health. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we touched on that like earlier and we're like, oh, okay, but we're talking about running. Yeah. But honestly, another passion is um, the dental industry and oral health. Um, When I did like uh, start into my adventure with the dental industry, I started general practice and I really found like a love for that um, to be a part of something really cool, um, to be helping people. And you, you kind of like, it's a hard job in a way because every time you're like, Hey, how's your day going? They're like, well, I'm here at the dental office and I hate my life. And you're like, Oh, so great to see you. We're going to pull a tooth today or something like so ridiculous. So, um, I think just like being in the community really helped, um, people feel my soul, like the energy. Um, but it was actually really cool of how much confidence a smile can bring to somebody. And when you do see more cosmetic cases or bigger cases of how you can really change somebody or impact them, that was like a really cool thing that I learned from dentistry is that, you know, people build confidence once they're comfortable, like smiling, being happy, that kind of thing. So that was like a nice takeaway from dentistry. Um, Mm -hmm. Through the years, I went and did oral surgery. So that was very much more intense working in the OR, um, doing bigger cases. um, And, and then from there, I went back to general practice. And now I'm actually working at a company called Simply Dental. Good for you. How rewarding. Amazing. There's so so many factors and people don't really realize. And I think actually another benefit of COVID that came out of that was people didn't realize that like once they covered their face with the mask for so long, they didn't realize how important a a smile was or that, um, you know, flossing your teeth can lead to heart issue. Like if you don't, if you don't take care of your gums, or if you don't take care of your mouth, that it can lead to more issues. And I think that was like a big eye opener for a lot of people because after we opened, um, after COVID, it was like, you know, I really got to start taking care of myself. I didn't realize how, you know, poor my health was during COVID. It, you know, I lost control of this or that kind of thing. So, um, yes, oral health relates to so much things. And I think that just goes back to like general health and it's just been kind of a constant in my life to have the dental assisting and and to work for like a really cool company called Simply Dental. Um, I'm able to, you know, have a a career in that sense and then still do all my 20 other billion jobs. And now even with Simply Dental, we have created an event section and we're going to be hosting a race in Kenosi this September. Oh my fun oh right? so is it like a fundraising race or just for fun or it's more to build community it's going to be a trail run which I find really cool because um, my heart kind of always leads back to trail running although I do love like the huge races and the road running um we're going to head out to Kenosi and make it like a like an experience so you go for a 5k half uh, 10k or full marathon and then afterwards we're going to have a bunch of vendors a dj uh a beer gardens and really just be able to embrace the running community and like hang out and be like cool just run 10k 5k walked it whatever and like enjoy the day when is that september 2nd my second oh my god <gasps> i won't be here <laughs> I don't okay, think well, next year because it's coming it's going to be an annual thing okay perfect sign me up for next year oh fun and I love I think too that is a really great point running can be a super individual journey or it can be something that builds community if you want to seek it you know in almost all areas there's run clubs there's races like that you get to know people so I think if someone's like seeking community and even following you on Instagram for example that's a great way to connect with. I mean, that's how we originally connected, right? Like that's how you meet like-minded people. And because I work with so many clients that are from like very rural areas of Saskatchewan, especially, and they're like, you know, there's no run club here, but you know, even that virtual accountability or finding your tribe elsewhere and worth, like I told Benson, I was like, I'll come up to, I'll come to Regina for a run. I'm like, it's sure. Why not? What a fun. So I'll come join you guys one day soon. Um, is that your next Strava, right? Like join Strava. It's like the Facebook for runners. And like, I just go on there and like, kudos, kudos, kudos. And like, I think that's probably how we became friends. Like you were posting some run things. I'm like, good job. Have fun. Like just love everything about running. It's so motivating. Yes. I appreciate it. And so are you running the QCM? 
This year, I'm not sure. The last couple of years, I've actually just been volunteering um, because I lead a group leading up to the QCM. Right now, we have 36 people working between the five or sorry, between the 10K and the full marathon uh, training up to race day. And then it's kind of nice on race day when I'm able to just like be a course marshal and be a cheerleader cheering on all the people that I've been working with on a journey for the last 20 weeks. So I possibly mm -hmm. may be um, running this year or just volunteering because last year it was too close to when I was running the Berlin Marathon that I was like, okay, I'm just going to um, volunteer. And then I got to see all my clients and I was like, oh, this is wonderful. And then oh. the year before that I was pregnant. So I was like, okay, this is this is a really cool way to see it. So I actually haven't raced QCM in a while, um, but it is one of my faves. Fun. And I mean, that's a great point. Boston, Berlin, like if you're someone who finds that you love running, using running as an excuse to travel and like go seek out runs in other areas. I always joke, like I need to start running on more inclines because I'm so used to just running like flat Saskatchewan that if I go run anywhere else, I'll be like this 10K hits different in in the mountains so oh my gosh it's so ridiculous I show up to races and I'm like oh man I did not train hills like <laughs> I did New York um in November last year and like I was like oh this this looks like nothing and then I was like what what's that <laughs> like we live in Saskatchewan it's flat <laughs> yeah my go-to routes have zero hills <laughs> that's a good reminder for me um okay so then your next race coming up is the one with chris um no i my next one actually will be august i'm going to edmonton this year i've been focusing a lot on canadian races although i say that um a couple weeks ago i was in seattle i did a full marathon it was called the light at the end of the tunnel and like that's how i plan my holidays they're always around runs my husband kind of rolls his eyes but like he gets to see the world in so many different ways and i get to see so many cool races and experience so many things. So yeah, this year has been a lot of Canadian races. Last year was probably my biggest travel year for races and my biggest year for my five-star journey. Good. Or sorry, six-star journey. What am I talking about? <laughs> I have five stars of my six-star journey. What is six-star journey? Okay. So if you want your mind to be blown in the runner's world, it's uh, six stars are the major marathons in the world. And it's put on by Abbott. And it's basically like your Olympic qualifiers where you're going to see all the major um, celebs, all those kind of things are the biggest races. Um, there's anywhere between 30 and 60,000 runners. And then talking about spectators is a whole nother level. Um, once you complete your journey of um, going to all six marathons, you're considered a world major six star marathoner. Wow. Yeah. So I have five. Oh my God. So what one do you need? Tokyo. <gasps> when are you doing that? I am really trying to get in in March of next year because I'm borderline obsessed with trying to just finish my six stars. Yeah. Um, my first goal was just to run Boston. And then once I ran Boston, I was like, oh my God, you can get six like stars and be a world major marathoner. Like how cool does that sound? The medal's the size of my head. I need that. Yeah. Um, so then I kind of went on a mission. I ran Boston, then I hit Chicago. Then last year I was fortunate enough to get to Berlin, London, and New York. And oh now I just have to tackle Tokyo. You rock star. I've never heard of that. Like this shows how I am like very much on the outskirts of even like dabbling into running. But now that I know that I'm going to be a Right. Like, and that's what this, like the coolest thing about running is, is just like, it can literally just be that I love to run 5k on the back row and that's my Zen, or I can be a world major marathoner. Um, but I also like have to sometimes read the room because when I start to talk to people and I'm like, Oh man, I ran to like Boston and all these kind of things they're that's intimidating to them. So I need to like, always like scale back and it's like, okay, like yeah. everybody's running journey matters, whether it's yeah. that you able to run one full kilometer with without stopping or you want to do an ultra marathon or an Ironman or something crazy like that. yes totally even like again I am very much still like a beginner little baby runner and people will message me on Instagram being like oh my god your time's so great do you run every day what are you doing I'm like I started running 
at the start of COVID, I was running one kilometer and then I worked up to two kilometers and then I worked up to three. Literally, I was adding like one kilometer slowly but surely until I had convinced myself like mentally and physically like, okay, I can if I can do this. Like if I can do five kilometers, I can do six. If I can do six, I can do seven and like, you know, work my way up. But I, yeah, had to start. Like- Earlier in the conversation, you were like, well, I just went over like my 5k and that's like easy. And I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly now. And that's the thing. And doing that 5k a day, which again, is not something like I would probably recommend generally to most people, but it was a good mental and physical challenge. And I'm real. I feel very lucky that my body held up because I was nervous about that. But, you know, there's a time where I physically would never have been able to, to do that. And that time was like, not that far away. So I hope this conversation inspires somebody to get out and go for a run today. Um, <laughs> and we have to let you go to work. So before I send you away, I want to just ask you a quick, a few quick questions. Um, whatever first thing that pops into your mind, who is your biggest role model? Des Linden. I don't know who that is. She is a runner and she won Boston in the year that it was like super rainy and she's American. Okay. Amazing. Also, I'm the worst at rapid fire questions because I forgot I wanted to ask, does your hubby run? He doesn't consistently run. He ran the Berlin Marathon last year, though, because he wanted to know what it was like. Um, But running is not his passion, but he will run. Yeah, cool. So sometimes you get to run together or... Yeah, we trained the whole time during uh, leading up to Berlin, which was really cool. We spent our long runs all together and it was really um, a nice way to spend some time together. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. Best advice you've ever received? Um, Shut up and run. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. All that buzz, all that things, one foot in front of the other, shut up and just go do it. Three, two, one, run. Do you prefer running start of day or end of day? start just get it out of the way less negotiation um Mm -hmm. best book or resource you'd recommend to people oh we talked about him earlier david goggins was super super good and i'm currently reading relentless and that was a recommendation by chris oh okay yes i need to i just downloaded audible again because during when i was deep in school i'm like i don't have time for extra and so I've been adding my list and Goggins is next up on the list. Um, personal mantra or words you live by. What the mind believes the body achieves. Ooh, I love it. And ties back to like the visualization, the mindfulness. And last but not least, if people want to learn more about you, follow along with your journey, what you've got going on, run, run culture, where can they find you? Um, so I'm mostly present on Instagram with at run culture, culture spelt with a K, um, run culture community. And I also do have a Facebook with run coach Laura or run culture community. And then if you want to follow me personally, it's at Laura Sullivan. And I'll tag it all on my site. And thank you so much for squeezing this in before a work day. I am so I'm inspired. I know that you've inspired others. So thank you so much. And I mean, I can't wait to come visit and go for a run with you soon. Yes, I appreciate your time. And thank you so much for this gorgeous opportunity. Um, I've loved our chat. We could probably chat forever. And I cannot wait to meet you in person and go for a run in Lisa. Okay, see you soon. That's all the time we have together this week. Thank you so much for being here with Laura and I. Please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode every Sunday. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at KY Wellness. More details about all episodes can be found at kywellness.ca under the podcast tab. Don't forget to move your body, nourish your body, be kind to yourself, be kind to others. See you next week and keep yourself well.